Welcome to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes, a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Amid, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Mike leads us verse by verse through the Bible and shares with us the impacting truth of God's Word. Be sure to stay tuned until the close of our program to hear about some exciting news and special offers. We'll also tell you how you can obtain a full-length copy of this entire message. And don't forget, you can always catch up on Mike's teaching on our website at ccmit.org. We're currently going through the book of Luke in a series titled, The Uncommon Gospel. So grab your Bible, turn up the volume, and follow along with us. Here's Pastor Mike. Turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 10. That's where we're at this morning. One thing... I remember one time I was at a pastor's conference, my, my wife and I, Shannon, we went to a pastor's and wife's conference up in the woods, and it was at a cabin, and there was probably, I don't know, 40 or 60 of us there, I, I don't know how many, but, you know, pastors and wives, and the main speaker that was coming to speak to us was delayed in his flight, and so he couldn't make it right away, and so the, another pastor who was there to speak, he, he actually filled the first spot, which was supposed to be for the other speaker. But he just started, he's like, you know, I'm going to share what I was planning on sharing for my session now, since Greg's not here yet. And he began to talk about how, how he planted his church. And this guy had a huge ministry. You know, it was churches all over the world, you know, that this guy had helped plant and everything. And it was an amazing work of God that, that was happening. And so he just talked about how he started out just so small. And... You know, in and, and times where it was discouraging and times where it was difficult. And he talked about how that was the same for, for Joseph, you know, who was thrown into prison. He went through that and he, he talked about Moses who, who, you know, didn't get going right away. You know, he had that time of waiting in the wilderness. And then he talked about Paul and Paul and he had his 10 years where he went back to Tarsus. But Paul made that statement, you know, I worked harder than all the other apostles. I worked harder. And so he kind of built it off of that and just talking about Joseph and, and Moses and, and Paul and how, you know, there was a waiting period, but God made them fruitful as they just persevered through it and they worked harder than everybody else and just kind of encouraged us, you know, to stay with it, you know, and to, to work hard. And, you know, if you see the guy down the streets, you know, he's putting 20 hours in, then you put 40 hours in and, and you work harder than everybody else. And, and it was encouraging because I think that, you know, sometimes, you know, as you're, you're getting going, it's just like, okay, well, I just need to stay at it and I need to give my all to it, you know, and that was kind of the message. Well, then the Greg comes, this other guy, and he had also had a ministry, huge ministry overseas, about 25 churches and everything that were planted there through him. And he came and he sat down and he, he said, you know, I was going to talk to you guys about marriage, but I really feel like the Holy Spirit's putting something else in my heart. He just began to share his testimony, and, and he talked about Moses, and he talked about Paul, and, and how they had to wait, and there was this waiting period, and then he talked about Jacob. Instead of Joseph, it was Jacob, and it was exactly, it was almost, I mean, if you wouldn't have known this guy just walked in, you would have thought that they, he stole the other guy's sermon, but he, there was no way he could have heard it. He was, he was on the road getting there, and he just shared the exact same message, but with a very different twist on it. He said that when he went into ministry, you know, he went in as a youth pastor and he got completely burnt out. And as he was handing in his resignation, he got a phone call from another pastor from another church who said, hey, the Lord put you on my heart. I think you're supposed to go to Hungary. And he's like, I don't think so. And he said, I'll pray about it, which means never mind. You know, I'm not going to, it's just a Christian way of saying, never mind, I don't, don't want to talk about it. And so the guy finally found him at a surf shop and he says, hey, you need to, you need to, consider going to Hungary. And he's like, I, I don't know. I, what am I supposed to do there? And he says, I just want you to go and see what God's doing. 
And he's like, I don't, I don't really care what God's doing, you know, but he's like, I just, I don't know that I'm supposed to be doing that. And he's like, I really feel like God wants you to do that. And he's like, tell me what, what I'm going to, I'm going to get off the plane, then what? And he's like, just, just go see what God's doing. I don't, he says, I have support raised for you for six months. I just want you to go and, and just see what God's doing. And he's like, free vacation, okay. And he was completely burned out. He said he didn't even know if he believed in God anymore. He was just so burned out. And he got on the plane. He found out that he was next to a guy who was also in the exact same boat as him, who was also sent by the same pastor to go overseas to Hungary. And they're sitting there together. And one of them had a copy of All of Grace by Spurgeon, and they had their Bibles. And so he said, we got there to Hungary, and we just slept for two weeks and didn't do anything. And then after two weeks, we got up, and we started sitting on the couch in our underwear reading All of Grace and the Bible, and we just wanted to understand God's grace. We wanted to understand it because it was something we did not understand at all. And he said that, that after about six weeks of that, you know, after six, they'd been there for about six weeks, they got a knock at the door. And they answered the door, and there's four youth there. And they said, what are you guys doing in our, in our town? You're the only Americans in our city, and you're just sitting here in your apartment, and you never come out. And they said, well, we're just here to see what God's doing. And they said, are you guys priests? And they said, no, we like girls. We just want to see what God's doing, you know, here. <laughs> And so they, they drug the gospel out of that. Like, I kept asking questions until finally they got the gospel out of them. And then two of the kids said, we want to receive that. We want Jesus. And they received Jesus. And the other kids started making fun of them. And they brought 14 kids next the next week. And the same thing repeated until a few years later, 10 years later. Or so they had 25 churches and God had done a marvelous work of the Spirit. Miracle after miracle after miracle. And they really didn't do anything. And he was talking about how Jacob was a bonehead and didn't do anything, and God still used him. And, and so I'm just sitting there, like, stymied, because I realized, okay, the first pastor had no idea what the second pastor was going to say, and this pastor has no idea what that pastor just said, and their messages were identical with absolutely opposite conclusions. One worked harder than everybody else. One was a bonehead, <laughs> sat in his underwear. And I was like, Wow. And the application was clear to me. It wasn't that, it, you know, God has this method and this is how you do it. It was... God works in different ways in different people. And he uses our personalities and the things that he's gifted us with and the things that he wants to do and he's going to use us. And it has more to do with our relationship with him and our perseverance in that relationship and and seeking God even when we feel like we're in the dark or seeking God when we feel like we're working hard and nothing's happening, but God's there. But it's really not about us serving, is it? It's really about, about what God wants to do. And that's what we see as we look at this passage. In, in verse 38, it says, Now it happened as they went that he, Jesus, entered the certain village, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. Now we know from John 11 that this was Bethany, about two and a half miles from the Mount of Olives, right there near Jerusalem. And you probably remember that Jesus had his home base in Capernaum when he was up north. And a lot, of, a lot of commentators say, well, this is probably at least one of the houses or maybe the house that Jesus stayed in primarily when he was in, in Judea in the south. And certainly Jesus had a, a strong relationship with, with Martha and stayed at her house at this time and probably other, and other times as well, we know from the Gospels. But we don't know exactly why Jesus... And Martha became friends. And we also know that he was very close with her sister Mary and with their brother Lazarus. 
and we see them interact. And, and his deep love, and when Lazarus dies, his deep compassion and his love for this family is, is really shown. But we don't know if they're older or younger. It doesn't seem that Mary, Martha, and Lazarus are married. It seems like they're living together in Martha's house. It tells us that, Luke here tells us that it's Martha's house. But in John, it tells us that it's Mary's town. Kind of gives you a different personality of the two of them. You know, Mary was the one who owned the town. <laughs> you know, not, not really, but she was all about it, about the, the socialization. Martha was all about the house. And, and maybe you can see yourself in one of those two positions. But we don't have a lot of background, like I said. You know, it's not whole, a whole lot. But we know that, that Jesus loves these people. And so, it, and maybe this is the first time, but Mary invites Jesus into their home. And it says, verse 39, And she had a sister called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. And, and so this gives us a clue that, that Martha wasn't just all about the serving, but Martha sat at Jesus' feet, and Mary also sat at Jesus' feet. And so it isn't that Martha is always up serving. It was, there was a moment when she was sitting at Jesus' feet. But this is interesting to me also because every time you see Mary, every single account where you see Mary with Jesus, where is Mary? Always at Jesus' feet. Every single time. We see that in, in John chapter 11, verse 33, 32 and 33. And you remember that Martha had come to Jesus first. Lazarus had died. Jesus waited too long. He was in Jerusalem, waited four days, finally shows up. And Martha comes to him and says, if you were here, my, my brother wouldn't have died. Well, we'll talk about that in a minute. But we, we see Mary say almost the same thing. It says in verse 32, in John eleven thirty-two. Then when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in spirit and was troubled. And so Mary comes immediately to Jesus, falls down at his feet, weeping, and Jesus is moved by this. Of course, it tells us later that he would weep over Lazarus' death, not, not because... He didn't know that he could say the word and Lazarus would come out of the grave, because he would, and Lazarus did. But because he saw the grief of human suffering and these people that he loved so much suffering. When Jesus was teaching at Simon the leper's house in Bethany, tells us in Mark 14, that a woman came with an alabaster box and she broke it and poured it over Jesus' head. Well, we get a little bit more clue into that in John chapter 12, when it tells us this in verse 3, when Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spikenard, anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. So what she's done is she's come with this spikenard. She's broken it open. There's no putting it back after you break something like that open. She breaks open a pound of spikenard, pours it on Jesus' head, Mark tells us, and then she proceeds to pour it on his feet. Thanks again for listening to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes. If you would like a copy of today's sermon in its entirety, call us at 208-365-0991 or send us a text at 208-991-2756. Be sure to mention today's date. You can also listen to Pastor Mike's latest message on our website at ccemmett.org. And don't forget to search for Calvary Chapel Emmett on iTunes and YouTube. Remember to hit subscribe when you're there. Thanks again for listening, and remember, always abide in truth. Until next time, God bless.
Abide in Truth is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Emmett, Idaho. Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to invite you to watch our services live on Facebook. You can watch us every Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30. Just go to our page, Calvary Chapel of Emmett, and scroll down for the live service. It is an interactive experience. While on our page, feel free to watch previous Sundays as well. So join Calvary Chapel Emmett Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30 on Facebook. We look forward to seeing you. Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to offer you a free gift for joining us today. Right Now Media. Right Now Media has been called the Netflix of Christian Bible studies. With over 30,000 Bible studies and discipleship videos, there's even tons of Christian cartoons for the kids. To get your free account to Right Now Media, just visit our website at ccemmett.org forward slash right now. That's ccemmett.org forward slash right now. And God bless you.